Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Sam Marjofsky here. The What's Right Show is on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Friends, obviously the debate tonight happening at 6 p.m. our time, 9 Eastern, is something that I will be following closely. Uh, I may, in the moment, express some opinions. I'll do that on Twitter. So if you aren't following me, do that, please, at What's Right Sam at What's Right Sam. That's where you can find me there. Uh, And then I'll prepare my comments and have clips if you missed any portion of it for you tomorrow. Tomorrow's program, you do not want to miss. I'll be here, uh, obviously, live as I I often am, uh, getting through all of that and making sure you know everything about it. Now, I'll I'll get into the kind of my predictions and overview of what to expect tonight in just a little bit. News today, this is not entirely uh, unexpected. Apparently, a private jet, a larger size private jet carrying, well, we believe, uh, the head of the Wagner Group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, or Prigozhin, or Prigozhin, depending on how you want to pronounce his name. Nonetheless, this is the guy that in July let an insurrection against Putin, got very close, in fact, uh, just to the outskirts of Moscow. And then got cold feet, turned back, and accepted terms of surrender, humiliating terms. And, of course, Putin did not forget this. This plane apparently was shot down by anti-aircraft missiles, or at least one missile launched by, this is, by the way, deep inside of Russia. It is in an area north of Moscow, so clear of Ukraine, right? It's not in that area. Uh, at all. So I, I presume here, in this case, this is a Russian action. Now, why is this important to those of us in the U.S.? Well, th- this this was one of the clear problems, thorns in, in Putin's side, right? This Prigozhin, one thing a lot of people don't understand is, I, I think the libs think that there is popular anti-war sentiment in Russia. I talked to naive people all the time who tell me things along the lines of, if only we could get rid of Putin. There was a way that if Putin were to drop dead or somebody were to take him out, war in Ukraine would be over, everything would be rosy, everything would be fantastic, and that would be the end of it. And what I think, well, what I think is tremendously naive about this is that I believe that the war is not unpopular in Russia, and it's it's not unpopular for the reasons that you'd think, but that people want a quick success. And Prigozhin, like others within the Russian power structure, although he was sort of a peripheral figure, but had a huge following from people who wanted the Russians to go in and kick a money money and take Ukraine in a matter of a week. And Prigozhin would make very loud, critical uh, uh, pronouncements of 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 the order that basically the Russian military was was uh, kind of dancing around actually getting the job done. So his position, very popular inside of Russia, uh, supported by a, a number of, and I would say probably a significant number of Russians, if not a majority of Russians, but a significant plurality, at least of Russians, who uh, would like to see uh, the government go in. And um, and spank Ukrainian behind and 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 lock this thing up. So obviously this is somebody that 
given his failed coup attempt and given the fact that he has a huge following that is essentially critical right of of Putin because Putin's you know if if you take if you take that position and extend it further who's the guy who isn't getting this done it's Putin right and his generals so I, you know this if if he in fact did perish in this crash some people are speculating of course that he put himself on the flight manifest just to effect a disappearing act and that he in fact is not was not on board I, I I don't know this is very easy to prove right they'll go through DNA tests and whatnot confirm but but sadly 10 people perish there and you know I if, if they're Wagner people right they're they're horrible humans the pilot and the flight attendant all that uh, two pilots flight attendant so three uh, you know likely you know innocent people lost their lives in this at the very least um, so this well we'll see what happens it's um, well it's well, you, I know the Ukraine, the Ukraine war is going to continue for a little bit. The Democrats are firmly behind it. It's going to be a topic in the debate tonight. There's no question. And you're going to see Pence and you'll see, you know, Christie, I think, to a large extent, pun unintended, uh, tell us how important it is for the for the U.S. to continue to fund the war. And the comeback to that is what's the plan The comeback is, all right, you want Congress, you want Republicans in Congress to support these blank checks that keep flying from from our treasury to Ukraine or from our military stockpile to Ukraine. It's an enormous shift of resources that are American resources. And our own military not getting deployed, not helping the way it ought to in in Maui, for example, even though we have less than, what, 40-minute flight away, a major U.S. military base in Pearl Harbor. Stupefying, right? What's our strategic plan? Why can't we, con- if we're, if we're going to support Ukraine, right, can't we condition these, this enormous amount of funds on effecting some kind of a plan that ends this thing, that gets it done? that pushes the Russians back to where they came from and decisively ends this. So that's the, that's the comeback, right? What's the plan? And the Biden people have got no plan. The more I look at this, it's just horrifying. And I think it's all because Putin bad. Putin bad. I, on the record for this uh I am obviously not a Putin supporter. I don't trust the Russians one bit. My country, where my parents are from at least, um, my ancestral homeland invaded by the Russians, absolutely screwed over by the Russians, well, then the Soviets. Same people, all right? Putin is a despicable criminal. He's a vile person. He's a murderer, and legitimately a murderer. But the Dems are in this for all the wrong reasons. They don't understand any of the nuances of what's happened in Europe. They don't understand the strategic importance of Ukraine. They just want to get Putin because Putin bad. And even, just having this conversation with my dad earlier today, even reasonable people like Bill Maher, right, leftists that, you know, are more 
common sense, if you will, than the rest of the kooks over there on their side of the aisle. I can't still believe that there is there's some elements of truth to rush, you know, to Trump Russia collusion. And that's really what we're dealing with here. The left is so invested in this for all the wrong reasons. They don't understand the strategy of the war. They don't understand any of that. What they're going after here is punishing that bad guy Putin because he interfered in the 2016 election and got Trump elected. That they actually believe their own BS is mind-numbingly stu- I mean, I, I can't even wrap my head around it, honestly, folks, because it's now pretty clear that the Trump-Russia stuff was all was all disproven. There was no there there. More than that, we know it was all constructed by Team Clinton, that it was her people doing oppo research and coming up with fanciful theories, none of which stuck. And the entire origin story of this myth, this collusion myth, has been completely and totally debunked. But it's fascinating to me that the left was so emotionally invested in this nonsense that they still haven't been able to let it go. And why this matters is if you're emotionally invested in wanting to get back at that guy because he's a bad dude, because Biden in his mind sees, I guess, Putin on some level as a corn pop type figure, there isn't going to be any strategy. It's going to be endless. There's not going to be any conditions. And the conditions aren't uh, are going to make necessarily much sense toward a strategic objective, which ought to be to push Russia back, secure the border, and, and, and end this thing as quickly as possible. That's, that ought to be the goal. So it'll be interesting. They'll talk about this in the debate. All right, so I'll, I'll get into the debate expectations, what is going on. By the way, big polling just on the eve of this. Things are really shaking up, and and not not to brag here, but see, I told you so. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, The What's Right Show will continue after this. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. All right, here on the What's Right Show, we are obviously going to cover everything there is to know about the Republican primary because this this election is perhaps one of the most pivotal contests uh, of my lifetime. So much depends on it. Our country needs a new direction. And certainly I am, uh, you know what, I, with the exception of Pence and Christie, I'm a relatively agnostic participant or uh, uh, I would say um, analyst in all of this, right? I want to see a vigorous, thoughtful pri- uh, primary race. I'm not of the opinion that Donald Trump should be cleared from the race. I'm certainly not of the opinion that other candidates should be cleared of the race. I'm not in, I don't think 
you know, people should consolidate right now in a fight against Trump. I think this process needs to play out. Trump may come out the victor. Somebody else might best uh, Trump and, uh, and win it all. Who knows? So this debate is important to me. Following it is important to me. Now, I just going into it, I want to frame what's going on in the background. Is that there was a devastating poll, Yahoo News reporting their, their own poll that they conducted between August 17th and 21st. Roughly 1,700 U.S. adults, uh, voting age adults, likely voters, primary GOP primary voters, uh, support for a DeSantis has absolutely cratered. Its, it's previous low of 23% mid-July is now just 12%. 12% according to this latest poll, Yahoo News, YouGov. This 11-point collapse, putting it a little bit here into perspective, that DeSantis back in February was actually leading Donald Trump into a head, in a head-to-head matchup. So 45% DeSantis, 41%. Donald Trump. And so this, um, this is momentous. Now, who is ascendant in the polls, who is rising in the polls, is tech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. He's at 8%, up from 3% previously uh, in the uh, YouGov Yahoo News poll. Uh, more Republicans, too, and Republican-leaning voters say that they're not sure uh, whom they would support. That's about 14%. So people are out there up for grabs. And that is why this debate matters. It's the first time you're going to get a group of these guys in a room. Uh, there's a gal too, but getting together in a room and, and having it out with each other. The big notable absence, of course, is the front runner of the race, whose support is uh, absolutely staggering in the same U, uh, YouGov poll. Yahoo News poll, uh, Trump's at 52%. So he's up from 48%. All of this stuff, right? This occurred after the latest indictment, 17th to the 21st. So hot off the presses, I got to tell you folks, uh, it's not hurting Trump one bit. In fact, in anything, it's uh, solidifying support behind him. It is an incredible lead. I cannot remember anybody with a lead like this this early on in the primaries. So, well, not when the, when you have an open open election, right? When you've got when you don't have an incumbent, it's one thing, you know. Biden getting challenged, you know, Marianne Williamson and, and and RFK Jr. and for him to have a commanding lead, of course, he's the incumbent. There's a certain presumption to his, uh, you know, certainty to him getting that that nomination. But this is this is staggering. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's. So is it going to hurt Trump? Well, Trump obviously is not there. He's not doing it. He's decided to, and before I get to the list of people that are now confirmed in, Trump has decided for counter-programming. Now, he's doing really uh, two things, one of which is the one everybody's talking about. There's something else that he's done to ensure that all the oxygen is sucked out of the room from this. I'll explain what I mean by that. So the first thing, of course, he's going on Tucker, and Tucker announced this today, dropped a clip teasing the interview, uh, which is uh, right here. Listen to this. On Sunday, Donald Trump announced that he will not participate in tonight's Republican candidates debate, hosted by Fox News in Milwaukee. 
Whatever you think of Trump, he is, as of tonight, the indisputable far and away front runner in the Republican race. We think voters have an interest in hearing what he thinks. So when Trump approached us about having a conversation for a far larger audience than he'd receive on cable news, we happily accepted. That interview will air tonight in this space at 8.55. We hope you'll watch. Why 8.55? Well, the, that's Eastern, right? So why 8.55? They're going to, they're going to, it's already been, the interview's already been recorded, right? It's done. It's, it's now being edited, clipped together, put together. Uh, it might actually all be like ready. So it's going to get uploaded to Twitter at 8.55. Well, that's five minutes before the start of the debate. I know what people are thinking. Why not just load it up at 9? Well, no, this is, this is classic Tucker, and perhaps Trump's people have some brilliance in this too. You're, everybody's going to start watching five minutes before the, you know, the Trump interview, and it's going to get good. And they're going to say, well, I'll just record the debate, and then they're never going to watch the debate. That's what they're banking on. That's the logic behind it. They're, everybody's going to say, okay, I'm going to watch this, wait for the debate to start, and they're going to get engrossed by it because it's no doubt going to be a f- phenomenal interview. Or so goes the thinking. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to save watching Trump and Tucker for after the debate because I want to watch the debate live. I want to see it live. I want to process it myself before all the other people out there tell me what I ought to be thinking about it, what they you know, interpreted their, you know, the winners and losers and the, the highs and lows of the debate to be. So I'm going to I'm going to do it in that order. I'm just going to ignore uh, the Trump Tucker stunt here in the sense that, you know, they're they're loading this five minutes early and hoping that we all get hooked and stay with the programming that's on Twitter. Now, the other thing that Trump is doing, the other absolutely brilliant I mean, you have to hand it to the guy. Brilliant move is he has until Friday to turn himself in over in Fulton County, right? He can do it all all the way up until whatever it is, 3 o'clock Friday or 5 o'clock Friday. So why is he going down there tomorrow? Well, tomorrow everybody's going to be talking about the debates. So what Trump is going to do is you know, as everybody's talking about the debates and who said this and who said that, there's going to be powerful imagery of him on TV and online and on social of him turning himself over to Fannie Willis and the sheriff over there in Fulton County and getting dragged through yet another perp walk. And of course we're going to want to see it because we're we're sick of, of this nonsense. But it's a... I'm just, look, folks, I'm just calling, you know, I'm calling it as it is. I, I, that's all I can do. It's a brilliant, smart move. Okay, so when we come back, let's go through who's in the debate, what our expectations are of the folks that are there. Um, also, there's some Republicans that did not make the cut, and they're threatening, some of them are threatening to sue. It's too late now. I mean, it's debate's going forward, so people are going to get left out of this. Um, I'll tell you what I think of that. Uh, ultimately, listen, uh, this is this is all stuff that's it's important. A lot of history could be made. You know, momentum shifts can occur tonight. And I'll explain also the perils of Trump potentially skipping the debate, uh, which I think there are some. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. 
Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Greetings, friends. Sam Marjofsky here, your, well, your voice of reason in these crazy times. Also, Nevada's favorite recovering California. You can reach me uh, at Sam at SamAndAshLaw.com. Sam at SamAndAshLaw.com. Uh, I will, of course, be watching the debate tonight, uh, preparing for tomorrow's program to take you through it, what I think uh, are the highs and lows of it. Now, the participants, we know Trump is not going to do the debate, and I just explained that he's doing his counter-programming involves you know, two things. One, going on five minutes early, his pre-recorded clip or interview with Tucker Carlson, which is going on five minutes early in order to capture people's attention, get them watching it before the debate starts and then staying with that and missing the, you know, lion's portion of the of the debate. The second thing that Trump is doing that's in his control is he decided to uh, turn himself in for processing in Fulton County tomorrow, which is the day that everybody's going to be talking about the debate. But now they're also going to be talking about the former president of the United States going in on that bogus indictment down in Fulton County, having, you know, getting fingerprinted, whatnot. So, I mean, he's doing that deliberately. So I just make that clear and, and frame sort of what, what, his, what his strategy is here. And Tucker's, by the way, happy to help him in, in that, I should add, because Tucker's happy to screw Fox over if he can. This debate will be on Fox News, uh, and it's, look, uh, well, okay, Brett Baer, Martha McCallum, they're moderating it. They've been interviewing some of the candidates in the lead-up to the debate. To qualify for the debate, you needed donations from at least 40,000 national contributors. So that's 40,000 individual donors. doesn't matter the dollar amount, but just, you know, individual donors. You can't just have, you know, raise millions of dollars off of, you know, a thousand people. And you have to rank above 1% in at least three national polls or two national polls and a state poll. So th those were the, that's the criteria. Now, the other thing is you needed to sign the pledge, right? The Republican pledge agreeing to support the eventual GOP no nominee, whoever that may end up being. And then, of course, not to run as either a third-party candidate or a writing candidate in the general election, Right pledging your support, essentially, to the Republican Party. Now, DeSantis, here's the, the people who are in the debate. DeSantis, we know uh, his story. Vivek Ramaswamy, he's there now number three, but a rising number three in polling. Tim Scott, uh, who is, uh, well, he's kind of, we're kind of not a lot of people talking about him, uh, but a very nice guy, very, very pleasant, affable, likable guy. Chris Christie, of course, uh, will roll in. It's nine o'clock. Uh, which it's rolling from the buffet is what Chris, I, mean, I know. I'm expecting Chris Christie to be bombastic. I'm expecting him to to shout and to be forceful. And I'm expecting him to win Democrat hearts tonight. I also think he's gonna, you know, he's gonna he's gonna woo some some kind of northeastern. Uh, New England Republican types. You know, he's a New Jersey guy. They're going to find him 
you know, find him. It's kind of in their wheelhouse. And he's going to, look, he's going to attack. It's, look, he's going to, he can't attack Trump. He's going to attack Trump. They're all going to attack Trump in some way. Particularly DeSantis, by the way. DeSantis is going to go, uh, he's going to, he's going to, his gloves are going to be off because they have to be almost, he has to at this point go, go, go dead, dead against Trump. And he's got a, he's got a pitch for that, which I'll get to in a moment. But Chris Christie's going to do that. But Chris Christie may also attack people like Vivek for supporting Trump. Because Christie's going to say these indictments are actually just and proper and, you know, it's, you know people need to be held to account. Pence certainly is going to say that, right? So Pence, his, his real clear average, uh, real clear RCP, our real clear politics advantage uh, average of polls is about, what, 4% for Pence, 3% for Chris Christie. Uh, election betting odds have him, you know, Mike Pence at 0.8%. There is no way that Mike Pence emerges from this debate as a viable candidate. Well, let's, let me put it this way. The election betting odds has uh, Donald Trump Jr., okay, ahead of him. Uh, so, you know, and they're not even running. So he finally, Pence basically barely eked past the 40,000 individual threshold uh, donors uh, threshold on August 8th. It's like like a week and a half ago. So, so at some point, I mean, Pence is not going to have a viable candidacy. Doug Burgum, who nobody even knows who he is, who today on CNN, uh, CNN is reporting that he had a high-grade Achilles tear, apparently, playing some basketball. So now it's not even sure if he's going to going to be there tonight uh but you know but he's he, you know he he was giving away twenty dollar gift cards uh in exchange for one dollar in donations so he kind of bought his way into qualifying for this for this race asa hutchinson uh you know he's he's in it again um he barely made it 0.8 percent is his average poll average Bergam has 0.6 percent the these are people that really shouldn't even be on stage. Nikki Haley, 3.2% average. And she's raised quite a bit of money uh, for, for, you know, for a distant candidate in the polls, approximately $15 million. I, Tim Scott's raised 21. It all pales, by the way, it all pales to what DeSantis raised early on. His war chest was uh, incredible. Nobody, including me here, your host, and I like to see things coming down the pike, but I tell you, be honest with you, I did not anticipate the extent to which Ron DeSantis would mess the bed. Starting with his ill-fated announcement on Twitter that was buggy, you know, instead of for it to be some kind of an event that people tuned into, it just the whole thing disassembled and, and became glitchy think that's relevant i tell you when my worst shows here on the what's right show i my worst my worst shows are always when there's a major technical problem and we're you know we're something's failing and you have to restart your thought a number of times and it's a mess those of you who listen regularly you know well what i'm talking about 
So that whole announcement, I just it went downhill from there. And the biggest problem is he's got too many people telling him what to do and how to do it. The only advice I ever give my friends that are in politics is be yourself. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. Very, very, very few people are excellent at faking it. And most importantly, you've got somebody like DeSantis who has his own thing, right? He's, he's got a record to run on. He's got consistency. Now, I mentioned that he hit clip, uh, you know, hit, hit, hit Trump. He's got a, a little bit of an idea of this. His pack on Monday released this ad going after, I'm going to play a little audio of it, going after Trump for breaking his promise to lock Hillary up. This is interesting. So I'm going to play this. It's very slickly produced. And I have criticized some of DeSantis's advertising in the past. I th- think some of it's been absolutely tone deaf, but this one actually hits it right on the head. Have a listen. The Clintons are criminals. Remember that. They're criminals. I am going to instruct my attorney general to get a special prosecutor to look into your situation. Honestly, she should be locked up. She has to go to jail. Ending this criminal government corruption is one of the most important reasons you have to go out on November 8th. CNN projects Donald Trump wins the presidency. We begin with breaking news. The president-elect will not pursue any investigations into Hillary Clinton. They're good people. I don't want to hurt them. He doesn't wish to pursue these charges. If Donald Trump can help her heal, then perhaps that's a good thing. It would be at odds with the promises to drain the swamp that President-elect Trump made, promises which helped him win office. No, talk to No, forget it. That plays great before the election. No, we don't care, right? I was very honored. Very, very honored when I heard that President Bill Clinton and Secretary Hillary Clinton was coming today. And I'd like you to stand up. I have a lot of respect for those two people. We all want the same thing. We're all good people. We call her beautiful Hillary now because, you know, that one's over with. Now, these words, of course, his shift on this is an important counterpoint uh, on a very key issue right now. The reason I think that this ad is success, is very successful and can work and turn some people against Trump is for this reason. It's not necessarily what everybody's saying. See, I think, I think that while this shows a kind of a before and after the, the election campaign promises that were broken, I think it also takes away some of the enormous sympathy that the Democrat-led persecution of Trump is engendering amongst us Republicans. Because we are, we are uh, rightly appalled by the way he's being treated by the Biden administration DOJ, by the Fulton County prosecutor, by Alvin Bragg in Manhattan. We're appalled. But guess what? He went easy on them. Right here in this ad is, you know, just are the receipts, as the kids say, the receipts, the, the, the history of his comments on this and positions on this. And what did he do? 
not only did he back away from his promise to go after Hillary, but he then then did what? He showed her mercy. He wanted to play nice with these people. And he ends up getting screwed by them. And as it oftentimes is, when you see somebody who you perceive to be a victim of an injustice, uh, see some contributory negligence on his part to his suffering, um, you, you start to get some of the, some of, some of the sympathy starts to wane. This is a great ad for those reasons. All right, don't go anywhere, folks. More on this when we return. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. Well, this is a new one. Apparently an elementary school teacher in Perkins, Oklahoma was arrested, uh, found to be three times over the legal limit while teaching students. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Yes, we're going to get back to the debate. I just need to share the story with you because the body cam uh, footage came out uh, here as she was being questioned uh, by a school administrator and a a district uh, resource officer. She apparently had brought wine in a cup, like a, uh, you know, like some kind of a carafe of things. You know, put a coffee in, coffee mug sort of thing. And brought it into the classroom and proceeded to drink while she was teaching. So they brought her in. They said, hey, you know what? We think something's off. She's like, no, no, I'm totally fine. Officer comes in with a breathalyzer, breathalyzes her, finds out she's three times over the legal limit. And now she's going to get fired. Yep, you're going to get fired. Absolutely. We'll see. Maybe the teachers union will try to get her out of that. But um, I don't think that's that's likely. Means she drove to school drunk. Means she's teaching kids drunk. Uh, this is a bad day uh, for this this lady. I hope she gets some help. All right. Will anybody come to the debate drunk tonight? Yes. Um, who's most likely to show up intoxicated? <laughs> well, Rudy Giuliani's not running. Okay, so he. By the way, he was booked today. Gave a, I, I think, what was a fairly coherent defense of himself, uh, you know, and said he was a crime fighter, said he had put, you know, turned New York City around, that he's still the same guy. It's almost as if he's responding to some of my criticism that I've leveled against him over the past several months, saying that he is a shadow of his former self, and in part because is really lacks a lot of discipline because of his his alcohol abuse. Al, you you saw what was going on in in 2020 and early 21. He was holding these press conferences. He was sweating profusely. He was charging the Trump overcharging the Trump campaign. I mean, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a day in you know retainer fees. He was living it up. I mean, at this point, he was an mostly a you know a retired over the hill lawyer former politician not the guy Trump should have had leading this effort so anyway um no Giuliani's not in the debate the other people that are the people to watch listen Tim Scott could come up with something really 
interesting, although Tim Scott may just come across as being very nice. Here's uh, him. I think he was on with Martha McCallum, who's going to be... Yeah, he was on yesterday with Martha. Martha's going to be one of the two moderators, her and Brett Baer. And, you know, she asks him, it's kind of a softball question, how he's been preparing for the debate. Now, nobody gets up there and says, I've been preparing really hard, even if they have. But here's Tim Scott's answer. Mostly uh, spending time studying, of course, but also in prayer, hanging out with family, and just really enjoying how blessed it is to be an American. I'm so proud to be an American. I think back to the kid who was growing up in poverty in a single-parent household, and now I'm running for president of the United States. Only possible in America. I'm going to tell my story about why I believe that America can do for anyone what she's done for me. We're going to focus on restoring hope, creating opportunities, and protecting the America that we all love. What about landing punches on DeSantis? We're going to focus on our (laughs) message and worry about the other candidates another time. So likable. So good. Terrible, terrible, terrible candidate. You know who we need as president? We need, to, we need to unload some Old Testament stuff, you know? <laughs> All these Christians, you know, they're going in there. I, look, no knock on, folks, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm all about forgiveness as a personal guiding principle. But heavens forbid we cannot go into the White House in 25, right? Win in 24, go into the White House in January of 25 and think forgiveness oh shucks it's great to be an american gonna just forgive everybody and move on forward nope heads are gonna roll we're going to be it's gonna be retribution an eye for an eye and i don't mean this in terms of pursuing flimsy indictments i mean holding to account the people that have perpetrated this political legal farce they have to be held accountable people at the fbi need to be fired people at the department department of justice need to be fired and disbarred so here's uh uh, vivek um on 9-11 comments that he made to the atlantic yesterday in an interview with uh martha mccallum this um you know this uh well yeah, yeah he yeah there's there, this is this is the back and forth. See, and Vivek is going on mainstream media. He's going to the unfriendlies, and then words that he says get distorted. This is just part of it. What's what what what, he, what happens? Listen to what he says. Just to be crystal clear here, who was responsible for the killing of nearly three thousand Americans on September 11th? Terrorists from Al Qaeda. But this is a crucial truth that's been left out aided by the Saudi government. And this is a stain on our national history. The fact that the FBI and the 9-11 Commission lied back in 2001 and 2002, saying there was no Saudi intelligence involvement. We now know, in declassified documents quietly from the government in 2021, that Omar al-Bayoumi, supposed graduate student, was indeed a Saudi intelligence operative. And I think we can't just sweep these facts under the rug. Is this a main element of my campaign? No, it's not. But when I'm asked about it, am I going to hide and sweep under the rug the old truth? No, I'm not going to do that either. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, what, what you're seeing here, and I'm, I, got, I got more of this just up against the clock, but it's, you know, I, I, I tell you, he's able to get points out in a very quick 
fashion, very quick. And because of this, I, I, that's an edge that you have in a debate where you've got limited time, where you have two minutes to present a point. A guy like Tim Scott is, is likable, he's affable, but he's just going to meander. Pence is going to talk through his nose and get lost in platitudes. Vivek's going to come in there and start laying stuff down. So will, I think, DeSantis. Got some DeSantis clips to share with you, too. If he talks like this, he may do well in the debate. Sam Murchowski, News Talk 840 KXNT. Uh, stay tuned with us here through the top of the hour. We've got a lot to go over still. Don't go anywhere. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Talk to you in a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Can we talk about these mugshots? Producer Robbie, can we discuss this? Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Your place for common sense conservatism here, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Okay, kids, listen up. If you are a politician, guilty or not guilty, and you get arrested, if you are a famous person, a celebrity, anyone who... Uh, may end up having his mugshot viewed by other people. What are you, what's the number one rule? You go into that, you go into that booth and you're, you put on your best, most smiley political face, public persona face that you can. You don't look like you've just been arrested and beaten down. You don't go in there and look guilty. You go in there like you're the king of Kong. Now, I just posted on my Twitter, at What's Right Sam, a picture. I got to go all the way back to 2011 because this is the, this was, I think, the the uh, best example I can think of in my lifetime of a politician who did it right. Tom DeLay. I think he was House uh, Majority, he was a whip, for the Republican whip in the House. As but he was a congressman and got charged, ultimately convicted with money laundering, goes in for his mugshot. I posted his mugshot because just as we were talking about Rudy Giuliani in the last segment, apparently his mugshot got released and he looks like he's absolutely miserable, which no doubt he was, but you don't do that. <laughs> you you got to go in there and, and, and be pissed off that you stand in front of the camera and you just... Put on a smile. You just put on a smile because nothing will piss off the, the haters more when, uh, when, they, when they go to release your mugshot and have, it, have you looking like a million bucks. I hope Trump has, you know, put on the oil of Olay, has been preparing his, his face, getting his hair just right, prepared for a perfect mugshot. If Trump is scowling in this thing, I, I'm gonna be um, I'm gonna be very disappointed. That's my advice. You I, smile, just smile, like you're you're bemused by the whole thing. I know me. I'm a lawyer. I'm not a look. I'm not a criminal defense attorney, but I've certainly interacted and have many friends who are. 
who do represent criminal defendants precisely the same advice that they give them. Because you don't want your, your, your mugshot coming out looking like you're guilty of sin. Who's you, some of the bad ones? Is that what you're asking? Oh, uh, f- well, f- um, uh, okay, there was, oh, there's one, let me think, let me think. Oh, oh Blagojevich. Rod Blagojevich, the governor of Illinois, arrested on charges related to selling a Barack Obama Senate seat. Remember that? And uh, he he looks like, you know, deer in the headlights. Uh, I don't know who else. I'm trying to think of other people. Larry Craig, there's another politician that got arrested, right? He's the guy that had the oath. Well, he's a Republican senator from Idaho. Yeah, he had he was at an airport in the bathroom stall, and he was you know it was a known meetup place for homosexual trysts. <laughs> yeah, well, he's well, <laughs> he's and he he tried to tell people he had a wide stance. So, well, I guess. I don't, I'm not going to, this is a family program. I guess in these stalls, you sit there and kind of rub feet with the person next to you. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> Want to get it on in a bathroom, in an airport bathroom? May, look, maybe I'm just uh, obviously not gay enough. I don't understand how anybody would ever want to get it on in an airport bathroom. And I traveled this past weekend and I was in a handful of airport bathrooms. Uh, and I'll tell you, I, I, I barely want to go to the bathroom in an airport bathroom, let alone much of anything else. So Larry Craig, he looked very solemn. Uh, so I look, I, the, the people, the, the mugshots are coming in and, and they're, none of them are particularly great. Uh, and no doubt they'll be plastered all over the news and social media in the coming days. All right. So DeSantis. I played for you his uh, attack ad on Trump. I think it's effective. DeSantis, the debate for DeSantis tonight is make or break. 6 p.m. on Fox News. I will be watching it. I'll be going on Twitter if there's something pressing to discuss. I'm not going to tweet out every little moment of it, but if there's something momentous, if I'm surprised by something, I'm going to put it on there. And then tomorrow, of course, here on the program, we will go through it all live and parse it out and play for you some clips from it. So at any rate, DeSantis, he's the guy, for him, this needs to be a a game-changing moment. Now, Monday, he sat down with Martha McCallum. Uh, McCallum's been making the rounds, Brett Baer also, talking to all the people who are going to be at the debate, doing sort of a pre-debate interview. And McCallum asked DeSantis what he thinks of Trump not debating. And DeSantis said this. Every Republican voter I've ever come in contact with, whether they're strong for Trump, lukewarm, or anything in between, wants us to stand on principle when you get elected or if you're involved in this process. And I think one of the big problems with our party for many, many years is people say they're going to do certain things and then don't end up following through. And so at the end of the day, it's what are we delivering for the people that have put us into office? And in the state of Florida, I can say uh, that I have delivered more for America first principles than anybody else in the country. Okay. They want us to stand on principle. I, I know what I'm, I'll tell you what I'm hearing. I think he's going to hit Trump on, on shifting positions. 
just like he did in the in the in the DeSantis pack ad that uh, shows Trump breaking his lock her up promise, wherein he during the election primaries and the election said that Hillary Clinton needed to go to jail. If you'll remember, this was against the backdrop of Hillary Clinton getting caught red-handed, having mishandled classified information, getting a pass by the then-Obama DOJ. And who was the face of that, by the way? Who was, oh, that's right, James Comey, the head of the FBI. He stood up there, all six and a half feet of him, towering over everybody, telling him, no, this is not the right time, and we're going to move on for the sake of the country. We're not going to get involved because there's a political race. It's a political matter, you know, and the, the law enforcement, we're standing, staying, staying away from this. And what does Trump do? Not only does he not prosecute, not only does he not follow through on his promise, but what else does he do? He keeps James Comey in his position. I mean, I have a lot of nice things to say about Trump, and I, I, I like the guy, but my, my goodness, what a dumb move that was when we now look back. Now, DeSantis also, after hitting Trump, I, this is what I expect. He's going to hit Trump. He's going to list all the ways that he's, he's failed to carry through on his promises made in 2016 and ultimately paint the failure to do that as the reason for his loss in 20. Uh, DeSantis also needs to stand on his own accomplishments as governor. He may say something along these lines. We've prohibited the CCP from purchasing land. Uh, we've cracked down on illegal immigration, expanded Second Amendment rights. We got indoctrination uh, out of our schools. We have universal school choice and our crime rates at a 50-year low because we've done things like remove Soros-backed district attorneys. So that, it's about results. And I think what you've had, the people in Congress that I was referring to that have attacked me and tried to say somehow that, that I was a rhino, uh, they're putting entertainment and personality over principle. Uh, our voters want us to stand on principle and fight for them. Well, and this is it. I mean, he's doing all the stuff that Republicans want. He's hitting all of those notes. He just needs to remind voters of it because honestly, it's become all about, you know, the Disney fight. And it's become all about a faltering campaign. Nobody... The, the one of the I don't think Republican voters are shying away from DeSantis because they don't like his core positions. But they want a winner. They want a brawler. It's one of the reasons why I think Tim Scott's not going to get a lot of traction. He's just too damn nice. That's that's the issue, right? So, you know, I, it's, it just it, it needs to be said, right? This is this is. um. All right, this is it. So now there's a number of people that haven't made the cut, uh, and they're they're pretty uh, pissed about it. Uh, you know, these are candidates that are just not polling high enough, uh, and have uh, uh, and, and these are people that you know may get some traction uh, moving forward, but likely won't. This is a, a kind of a watershed make or break moment. So let me explain why this is relevant and to the extent to which this affects things. And then, of course, answer the question why it matters that Trump is not there. What effect will that have? And we'll see if uh, this uh, certainly bears true in the coming uh, days and weeks. Sam Marchofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, this hour of the What's Right show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law in a Crash. Call Sam and Ash. Remember, we came up with that last week right here 
yeah, Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Welcome to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. Uh, friend Sam Rajovsky here, a host of the program of complaints from various candidates left out of the Republican debate taking place tonight are loud, and some of them, uh, I guess, have uh, resulted in some legal action being threatened, although we're mere hours away at this point, not sure exactly what all can be achieved. Uh, Larry Elder and Perry Johnson both promising to take uh, to take legal action. Uh, Will Hurd, another candidate, is, you know, he's frustrated, saying that the uh, GOP cherry-picked polling, which I don't think they really did. Uh, by the way, Hurd, he kind of sounds like Evan McMullen. That's the He's the insufferable little turd from Utah. His dad a CIA officer? Was he in the CIA? No, he's an ex-CIA guy. His dad is a, a big muckety-muck in the LDS church. Yeah, he's he's just a tremendously unlikable person. Ran as a third-party candidate uh, for disaffected Republicans. Didn't, didn't, you know, didn't make a dent anywhere, really, in Trump's polling. Um... Uh, so I uh, look. I um, what do I make of this? Well, well, I think, I think you have the first calling is what I make of it. That's my reaction. You start at some point. You got to winnow down the field. I am convinced that a number of candidates who failed to break through onto the scene uh, have, you know, a, they kind of need to get out of the way. You either break through, you make it, or you don't. At some point, your campaign, it's, you know, rubber needs to hit the road. Let me take you back, for example, to 2016. See, candidates can break through. There's no law about a front runner uh, not being susceptible to being taken down. I give you a case in point, uh, both, I guess, both Donald Trump now, but also going back, uh, going back, uh, six years uh, to Jeb, exclamation point, Bush. I mean, he was the darling. He was the guy. I mean, it was, you know, Obama was on his way out. Hillary Clinton likely running. A couple others on the Democrat side. Jeb Bush. Oh, the glory days of the Bush dynasty. That's what people want. So Bush, you know, got traction and donors and, you know, friends of friends of the family. Republican, you know, party grandees, everybody, you know, all aboard with him, and it, you know, blew up. Not in a good way. Kind of like Prigozhin's airplane. So I, <laughs> well, well, and it's, you know, DeSantis now suffering uh, much of the same fate, although I still think that there's, there's, there's traction to be had. And, you know, if I want to hear more from DeSantis. I want to hear more from Vivek. I want to hear more, uh, honestly. In fact, I even want to hear more from, from Pence. I want to see Pence absolutely, you know, uh, destroy himself. So, you know, there's candidates here that aren't going to get a lot of traction. Now, one of the candidates that didn't make it is Francis Suarez. He is a late, late comer. He just barely announced, right, Robbie? Like, not like weeks ago, Right. Francis Suarez, okay, who is he? He's the mayor of Miami. He's a Republican. He's Hispanic. He's 
uh, a fascinating guy. I've heard a number of interviews with him. He's he's a Trump critic. Yes, he's a Trump critic. But there's really he he hasn't had any polling. He certainly hasn't had the time to to rake in you know forty thousand or more individual donors. Oh, he announced in June, middle of June. Okay, well June, July, so two months ago. Yeah, it's yeah, it's um. Yeah, as far as I, I know, but this, it's it's a blip, right? I mean, you, you consider that others have been at this for a little bit longer. In, in any event, if there's any one of these elder, Larry Elder, who I know, I, you know, uh, used to be on the same station with him in L.A., Will Hurd, Perry Johnson, I, I think of all these people, Francis Suarez is the one most likely to be able potentially down the road to get traction. But... Ramaswamy is an example. Vivek is an example of what you do. To, you start at zero, right? And now he's got himself up to 8%, and his RCP average is 7.2% of all the available polling. So you you can see he's, his trajectory, his average is so high because he's now consistently for the past six weeks or so uh, been polling solidly. Election betting odds have him at 10, almost 11%. One thing that people are loving is, is, is Vivek is going at it, and he will do that tonight. He will go after all the things that matter to conservatives, and he's going to do it pleasantly and without the Trump baggage. Here he is talking about the government. I think this message resonates. We have resonates. a government that has systematically lied to the people of this country. I'm a millennial. I'm 38. I grew up into an era, whether it was the Clinton administration, whether it was the Bush administration or the Obama administration, that has systematically lied, gotten us into foreign wars in Iraq and elsewhere on false pretenses. Even now, we have a government that lies about the origin of COVID-19, about the veracity of that Hunter Biden laptop, about government technology censorship, increasingly about even how our money is being spent in Ukraine. And one of the things that I'm going to do as the next president of the United States is restore truth in government. Okay. Uh, this is oh, this is a must do, right? Now, it could be all empty nonsense, right? A lot of things Trump said in 16 now are coming back to haunt him because he simply didn't do it. But Vivek has done more than, I don't know, what, Producer Farber, what do you think? 70, 70 podcasts, left, right, and center. He's doing a TV interview, multiple TV interviews a day. He's put himself everywhere all the time. He's not turned anything down. He's booking himself. He is working his way up in the percentages without spending any money. I mean, he's got a pretty tight campaign. Now, I've... I don't know if it's true. Over the weekend, I heard some things that uh, he's known to mistreat staff. He's kind of an acerbic guy. That matters to me, of course, if it's true. I, you know, I, I certainly think that it's a measure of a man uh, who uh, knows how to, you know, treat people who are in an inferior position uh, kindly and with grace. You can be firm, you can be tough, uh, but you, you have to, you know, gratuitous. Uh, you know, a money, money chewing outs are not good, right? You've got to, you've got to be a good person. I, bet, I don't know. It's just, it's just from a couple of people in the know. So I'm not sure if it's a hundred percent real. We're going to see. So the topics of the debate, I'll tell you one topic that really matters to me. It'll be interesting if it comes up because there is scuttlebutt now. And I alluded to it last week. There's uh, 
certain amount of uh, belief now that we're going to go back into some form of COVID restrictions. Masks, perhaps, coming back in airports. I wonder if this will be a topic. It better be. It's almost as if we just cannot learn from our past mistakes. And this is, by the way, this is why the left wanted a COVID amnesty, because they wanted to do it all over again to us. And given the chance, you better believe me, they would. And they've got a reason to, by the way, because it provides some benefits. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. One of the truly scandalous things to be coming out of Maui, the stories around Maui in the aftermath the fire that may have killed uh, hundreds of people when all is said and done is the fact that FEMA officials on scene are staying at very expensive high-end hotels. Now, Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism. I tell you, how is any of this common sense? You've got FEMA officials hold up on the on the taxpayer nickel, although it's more like the uh, taxpayer platinum credit card at the Four Seasons, the Fairmont Kehlani, Grand Wailea Astoria. There have to be other places to stay. Federal government rates for this week at all three of those resorts start, start at $1,000 a night. Now, remember when during the recession under Obama, you had some federal employees come to Vegas, come here to town, and they were blowing, you know, oodles of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars on junkets here in in Vegas. And uh, there was some blowback there that, of course, I think was a little bit unfair for Vegas. It's not, not our fault that people choose to come here for a good time. We just don't think that government workers ought to be spending, you know, bazillions of dollars on themselves, particularly not when they're there to help people in distress. When you think about how small, paltry, the aid amounts are be, that are being given to people who've lost their homes. I mean, what has it been, Robbie? People are getting like a $700 stipend. Meanwhile, the government workers there to help, $1,000 a night per person. There's photographic proof of this. People hold up in the in in the lobbies of these hotels. They have apparently answered questions, confirming that they're staying at these properties and the the, the rates, right? Oh, seven hundred dollars. There's a seven hundred dollar one time payment to help survivors get essentials, clothing, you know, food, transportation, that kind of thing. My guess is that, you know, part of the emergency funds released by the White House, they said, well, we got $7 million going. I wonder how much of that is going just so that these federal workers can stay in luxurious accommodations. This whole thing, top to bottom, is a mess. 
It's easy to fixate just on, you know, Joe Biden falling asleep in the middle of a meeting with survivors. Talking about the, ooh, ooh, the, the ground is hot. Ooh, man. Standing amidst the ruins of a town where hundreds of people perished. The F- official death toll, by the way, is still relatively uh, low compared to where I think it's going to end up. I think we're at 114 now or 120, 130. I, I mean, it's, it's going to be, unf- there's still 800 people or so missing. Joe Biden, I can feel for you because one time my house caught on fire and I almost lost my cat and my Corvette. The dysfunction of this administration begins at the very top. Now, is this going to be a topic tonight at the debate? I sure as hell hope so. The other topic I want certainly, certainly us getting into is the question of covid what the Democrats did to absolutely destroy this, uh, this country with their histrionics and how they're planning to do it again. There are reports now that uh, folks over at the, uh, well, various federal departments and agencies are going to begin uh, reissuing mask mandates. I've seen some universities do it. Certainly there's buzz about it. Guys, COVID is out there. Yes, there's a new variant. Everybody's talking about more COVID out there. Who the hell cares? It's a flu. No one's dying of it. You see, you notice how convenient that is? Nobody's saying, oh, we've got, well, hospitals are overwhelmed. And even if they were, we've roundly disproven the fact that these masks do anything to do anything about it. Unbelievable. So I hope that that's on the agenda. I certainly hope that people talk about the FBI. I want to get on the record in front of a Republican audience, Chris Christie, former federal prosecutor, saying how the FBI is in great shape. And if he doesn't say that, well, we might have to you know, do a little nip-tuck here and there. Uh-uh, unacceptable. For me, an absolute litmus test for the viability of a solid Republican nominee moving forward is their commitment to completely reforming the DOJ and the FBI. I want heads to roll. And don't give me any of this nonsense about, well, Sam, you can't, fe- firing federal employees is a, is a, is a yeoman's effort, right? You can't, you can't, it's gonna, it's moving mountains. No, 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 you can do layoffs. You can do layout. You can you can wholesale. I would literally fire everybody and rehire them one by one. I and you can't do it, of course, all in one day. But you go through department department and you just terminate everybody and start over. I don't care what seniority they have. I don't care any of it. Re-interview every one person that you're going to let back into the agency. Pence, of course, going to give us his blatherings about how well, good men and women of the FBI and the DOJ. Of course there are some good men and women. M- many of them live in our community. There's, there's great agents. They know how rotted to the core management of their, their department is. They know this. They're embarrassed by it. Trust me. I'm getting an email here. Jason is uh, reporting to us that um, he, he, I guess, worked on 
some FEMA relief. This is back to the question of this waste in Maui. $1,000 a night luxury hotels being paid for by the federal government for FEMA officials who are there. Uh, just lounging around, having the time of their lives, while people who actually lost their homes only get a $700 payment. Single payment, not per night payment, single payment. Oh, here's 700 bucks. By the way, the people helping you are staying in the lap of luxury at 1000 bucks a night. Jason reporting, FEMA came, this was for Maria, the hurricane that hit the Caribbean. FEMA came into the Caribbean when Maria hit and paid five times in 10 the value of rent on properties. Yeah, this is what government agencies do. They left the island and all the contractors came to the island to do the repairs. Could not afford to live there because the contractors were priced out because the feds came in and were overpaying for everything. Because the locals all thought that every, every guy that came from the mainland to fix things had the same money as FEMA. One island he went to, he says he paid $15,000 a month for a four-bedroom house, all because of FEMA. The entire federal government is rotted to its core, is my point. And so whoever, you know, whatever Republican is out there who I most have most confidence in his or her ability to make the necessary reforms and changes, that's, that's, that's who I'm going to want. And I have no doubt that Trump has the motivation to do it all. I have absolutely no doubt about that, but he had a chance and didn't take it. He knew what it was all about, and he decided to be magnanimous. Now, I sure as hell hope that he's going to be feeling a lot less magnanimous if given a second chance. All that talk of, oh, sweet Hillary, we're just going to move on from this. It's all good. You know, she's actually a good person, people, and, you know, we got to move on. I, well, didn't work out so good for him, did it? All right, taking a quick break here. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you've been in an accident, it's the only firm to call. Let your friends and family know. 702-820-1234. Because you deserve what's right. All right, I'm going to make a de- uh, debate prediction here. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Look, uh, we Republicans, the reason that there is such a swell behind Trump is, of course, our outrage over the way the Democratic Party, uh, the, the, the powers that be, the a permanent government bureaucracy, how it's conducting itself, and its specific targeting of their political opponents. We are outraged by this. I'm confident... Many of us would be outraged about this equally if this was abuse perpetrated by our own party. But their side celebrates it. And this only, well, I think only reconfirms to us our sense that this has to be dealt with. So just as I was discussing before we took a break, I think, I believe that it's going to be essential to uh, come in and, and have a candidate who is as a, as a nominee and then as president will come in with his full executive power and clean house. Now, I think, be, I'll be honest, look, look, if we're looking at just at the people who are on stage tonight, okay, Trump's not there, but he's obviously the front runner. 
And he certainly is somebody who (laughs) understands on a somewhat personal level what's at stake. You have DeSantis. He gets it. He understands that this is a guy who actually removes prosecutors in the state of Florida, where he's governor, using his executive power, cleaning house step by step. He's proven it. He's done it. He he has demonstrated his willingness uh, to crack some eggs to make an omelet. Ramaswamy has been consistent in his speech, in his pronouncements on this topic, has been perfectly willing to go and say what he says to the hostile media, to the left-wing mainstream media types, done many interviews with them, is, uh, well, gets, gets heat from them, but is not backing down. And I don't know, the rest of this... The rest of this field, this, the rest of this field, these are, they're, they're just non-issues. I mean, Tim Scott's too nice. Chris Christie's an establishment hack. Nikki Haley's who knows what she is. Mike Pence is a loser. Doug Burgum has a blown Achilles or whatever it is, may not even be there. Bought his way into this thing. He's polling nowhere. Nobody even knows who he is. Asa Hutchinson, I mean, snooze fest. And the guys out there that make the cut of those, I think maybe Francis Suarez may be the most interesting. So I, wow, what do I think? So I, I think uh, my prediction here, and I always do these things, and sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong, but usually, you know, usually I'm right, you know, it is the name of the show. I, I think after this debate, the field's going to get, uh, it's going to get narrowed down to three or four candidates, think there's going to be a significant narrowing after this. Now, I predict Chris Christie actually is going to be the, I don't know, it's Chris Christie or, or, or maybe Nikki Haley are going to capture the imagination as the, as the establishment Republican choice. And that's a, you know, that's a percentage of people, right? That's 10% out there of establishment Republicans who are, who are definitely not Trump people. And anybody that's too Trumpian or Trump-like, DeSantis and Ramaswamy, I think, fall into those categories, are just not palatable choices for these folks. So it's going to be the, 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 the conservative MAGA vote, which is likely, I mean, look, if you know polling continues the way it is, it's going to go to Trump. But I think it also can go to DeSantis, go to Ramaswamy, based on how the debate and the ensuing weeks that follow uh, kind of how they shake out, and then I think Chris Christie's the guy who's gonna who's gonna woo the establishment Republican, you know, the the left of the of the Republican center, <laughs> if I can call it that. Now, I, mean, I, I, I Trump not being there. Let me tell you about this. Obviously, Trump's doing his own thing, and he is acting as though he's above it. It may be a great decision. But I also think there's a real peril about not being there and taking everyone out. If Trump were on that stage, he'd be at the dead center of it. Guess who's going to be at the dead center of the stage tomorrow? Well, it's, it's going to be DeSantis. And DeSantis is going to be there without the looming spectacle of Trump to both physically intimidate him. DeSantis is a short guy compared to Trump. 
and to verbally abuse him. If Trump were there, he would defeat Ron DeSantis tomorrow, uh, tonight, excuse me, I have no doubt. He would literally destroy DeSantis. I, I, I'm convinced of it. I do not believe DeSantis would land anything worthwhile against Trump, and Trump would absolutely decimate him. It would be like one of those ham slicers. He would just, Trump would just one slice at a time in little thin, you know, perfect little shavings would just reduce Ron DeSantis into a, you know, down to a puddle. <laughs> That's what would happen. And him and Vivek would have a, a bromance. Nothing much would come of it. And everybody else would be piling on and look, look like losers. You know, Trump could have shown up to this thing and really ended it, definitively ended it. Now, once I always try to see different sides of this. So then I think, well, if, what if I'm wrong, right? What if, what if I'm wrong? What if, what's the best advice, if I were giving Trump advice not to go to the debate, what is the best, most, I think, solid reason for why not to do it? And the answer is, strategically, I don't think Trump wants to completely defeat DeSantis because what if power coalesces behind another opponent? See, this is not, this is, this is not a battle that needs to be won. It's a war that needs to be won. People forget this in politics all the time. It's about, you know, wars, by the way, and, and, and uh, you know, are obviously a culmination of battles, and oftentimes these things are called campaigns, Ironically, right? Because that's precisely what we have here in political terms. And what I mean by this is the longer that DeSantis stays in the race, he still has a ton of money. He still has a following, although it's been severely diminished. It, it keeps the not Trump MAGA votes fractured. Some are going with Ron, some are going with Vivek maybe a few going to Tim Scott. So Trump, I mean, Trump is benefiting. Trump would benefit from having eight people in this race all the way through, you know, Super Tuesday. Why? Because he would, he could win like he did in 16 off of a plurality of votes, not even a majority of votes. Trump could go all the way down to 30%, be the leading candidate. And in many of these contests, basically, you know, Keep a keep an advantage, a leading advantage, cumulative advantage, of of uh, of delegates. If he were to show up tonight and take out DeSantis, c could be a little problematic for him. What if, what if support suddenly wildly shifts in Vivek Ramaswamy's favor, and and Ramaswamy becomes a formidable opponent to Trump? Right now, Trump loves Vivek as a spoiler, as somebody who is taking away Ron DeSantis' support. But a, a neutered, defeated, completely obliterated, ended Ron DeSantis is, of, of, of a, is a tremendous peril to Trump, believe it or not. So that would be my, that's my contra argument, see? Now, I, 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 I can guarantee you this. Each one of these positions and more have been articulated behind the scenes as a close group of advisors in Trump circles are having these conversations. And all I can tell you is we know now it seems obvious he's not showing up to the debate. He's not going to be there tonight. He's doing his own thing. He's making some smart moves that I think are very tactical. 
for those of you out there who think that Trump is just kind of, uh, you know, an off-the-rails gorilla, you know, bull in a china shop, just smashing things, I'm, I'm explaining to you that there are some there are some tactical moves being made here that are well thought out. The counter-programming that at first looked pretty stupid to me now, as the details have come out, I'm, I'm, I see them as being, uh, rel- you know, relatively well thought out. Yeah, dropping that pre-recorded, not live, you know, not immediately relevant interview, dropping it five minutes before. What's everybody that's going to watch the debate? I'm going to sneak on there. I'm going to get on Twitter real fast and and have a look at this. Look, have a look at the video. And all of a sudden, they're engrossed and you're watching it. And a certain, you know, significant number of people are going to say, oh, I'll just record the debate. And then they're going to hear the reactions to the debate and they're going, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch the debate. And then tomorrow, when people are talking about the debate, Trump's going to suck all the oxygen out of the room by turning himself in in Fulton County, Georgia. You got to hand it to him. I mean, he is not a dumb operator. Formidable opponent, indeed. All right, there's the music. I'll watch it tonight. I'll be on Twitter at What's Right Sam. Tune in tomorrow. I'll give you everything you need to know about this. Sam Rajovsky, over and out. Over and out.